Hey everybody, this is Sean Blakeney, lead pastor at Anchor Church in Delray Beach, Florida. Thanks so much for taking the time today to download and listen to this message. You know, as a church, our mission statement is to bring hope to the hopeless, and I really truly believe that today's message will speak hope into your life. Follow us on Instagram at myanchorchurchfl or check out our website at myanchorchurch.org. We love you so much. Thanks for listening to this podcast today. Well, hey, everybody, Pastor Sean here, and it's so good to have you with us. I'm starting a brand new series today. You know, I feel like so many times in my my walk as a pastor, the question I get asked most of the time is, uh, Pastor Sean, how do I have a good prayer life? You know, I want to pray. I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how long to pray. And if I'm honest, when I pray, is God really listening. And so I want to start a brand new series today focusing on prayer. And I titled the series, God, Are You There? Because the reality is he is there. When you talk to him, he is there. He is listening. And you know, our our theme verse for this whole series on prayer is this. It comes from Psalms chapter 116. This is David. This is like the David that, that beat Goliath, like this is the David, this is King David, the man himself. And he writes this, he said, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. How awesome is that? David goes, I love that God hears me. I love that he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. He says this, check this out. Because, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. I love this, that David says, because he listens, I will, because he listens, I'm gonna send up a prayer. Notice that David didn't say, I'm gonna send up a prayer and God bends down to listen. He says, because God has already bent down to listen, I will lift up a prayer. How cool is that? Before you ever knew you were gonna pray to God, he was already listening to hear your voice. That's how good prayer is. That's how much God wants to hear from you and hear from me. Now, a lot of people, they talk about this and go, Sean, well, okay, like who was like the best prayer warrior of all time? I mean, I just like, tell me who, and, and I want to, I want to, I want to be like, like them. I, I, who was that, Sean? And I would say, well, Jesus. And you would go, well, that's impossible because if Jesus was like the greatest prayer warrior of all time, how can I I pray like Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked because Jesus gave us some components of prayer. He actually talked about in scripture the importance of prayer. Now, let me set the context of this scripture up. Matthew chapter five, we see in the Bible, Matthew chapter five, the gospel of Matthew, the greatest sermon of all time. Greatest sermon that ever had been, greatest sermon that ever will be. Jesus is preaching. He starts in Matthew chapter five, and the sermon goes for two chapters long. I mean, I'm speaking for like 25 minutes right now. And for many of you, if I spoke for like three days, you'd be like, Sean, wrap it up. Let's go. I got lunch. But Jesus speaks for two chapters and people are hanging on every word. He talks about adultery. He talks about evangelism. He talks about being the salt and the light. He talks about all these different things. And then in Matthew chapter six, Jesus turns a corner. Now imagine, he's talking about divorce, he's talking about adultery, he's talking about evangelism, he's talking about all these things, and then Jesus goes, and now about prayer. (laughs) How cool is Jesus? He's like such a stud, he's like, and now, let me direct your attention to this. Jesus goes, and now, about prayer. 
He says, when you pray, I want to stop right there. Notice Jesus does not say, if you pray. Yeah, that's good. He's not assuming that maybe you'll pray. No, you will pray. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Jesus says, I assure you, that is all the reward they will ever get. What does Jesus say? Jesus goes, if you're looking to draw a crowd, you'll never get a crown. Mm, so good. So think about that. If all you do in life is try to draw in people, that's the only public acknowledgement you'll ever get. He goes, if you're trying to draw a crowd, you'll never get a crown. These hypocrites, all they want to do is pray outside with eloquent, eloquent words and eloquent speech. They're, they're, they're trying to make their words sound so beautiful to God, but they have the wrong motive. He says this. He says, but when you pray, there he says it again, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father secretly. What does that mean? Keep a secret of Jesus. Now what he's saying is, you got no distractions. Yeah. Just you and God. Mm-hmm. It's not about you and anybody. It's about you and God connecting to the Father. Yeah. Then your Father who knows all of your secrets will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. I love that Jesus probably like, wink, wink. <laughs> like, and when you pray, don't pray like other people. <laughs> What's he say? They think their prayers are answered only by repeating their words again and again. Mm -hmm. Don't be like them because your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. Well, wait a minute. If he knows what I need before I ask, why do I even ask? Because you need to know he's the only one that can supply it. If you speak it verbally, you're making a connection with God to say, God, I know you know I need it, but I know. I know that you're the only one that can supply it. Yeah. He says, but just don't babble on. I can remember, um, Teresa, can you remember when Alyssa was, uh, our, our daughter Alyssa was a young girl and she began to pray. Every night when she prayed, this went on for years, every time she would start a prayer by going, God, Jesus, thank you for the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then she would just jump right into her prayer. Like every time, it's like, dear God, Jesus, Thank you for the sun, the moon, and the stars. And I thank you for this great day. And we're like, why do you pray for the sun, the moon, and the stars every single time? They're, the sun, the moon, and the stars are awesome. They're great. They're twinkling. They're bright. But why? She got, it became such a habit to her. She wasn't really like processing through what she was actually saying. It just became a habit. And what Jesus says is this. Don't let your language become a habit. Don't make your prayer a ritual thing. Make it a relationship thing. Make your words matter. Make your words authentic. Make them passionate. Make them real because you're connecting to the king of the universe to let him know it. So Jesus says this. This is what you don't do when you pray. But as he continues on in Matthew chapter 6, he goes, but let me tell you how to pray. Jesus goes, you need to pray like I pray. This is the importance of prayer. Do I need to say the exact same words? He just goes, no, I'm giving you a, a, a kind of a, a, an example here. I'm giving you an illustration of the things that are important in prayer. So Jesus goes, don't pray like them. Don't babble. Don't do it out loud. Don't do it in public. Don't, don't do it when people are looking at you. But here's how you pray. This then is how you should pray. Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He goes on to say, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
That word amen means so be it, let it be. I love that Jesus goes, this is how you should pray. Now, many of you right now are going, Sean, I I don't know if I can remember the Lord's Prayer. Um, It's long. Uh, If I want to pray like Jesus, do I just say the Lord's Prayer? He's not telling us to say those exact words. What he's saying is there's important components in that prayer that should be in every single one of the prayers we give up to the Father. What are those components? Well, he says this, hallowed, hallowed. The key word here is praise. When you and I pray, we need to give praise to the Father. The component here is hallowed. Our Father in heaven, hallowed. I mean, you're like, Sean, I don't know what hallowed means. Isn't that what you do to a corn cob pipe? You hallow it out? What is hall- hallowed is just praise. What is he saying? When you pray, give praise to the Father. Another component here is this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. What is the key word here? The key word surrender. So when you pray, Jesus goes, I'm going to praise the Father. I'm going to praise God, but I'm also going to let him know I am surrendered to your will. Your kingdom come. Not my will done, but your will done. God, I just don't want my way. I want your way. Yeah. That's the component of prayer. What else? Bread. Bread. Many of you are like, well, when I pray, do I pray for Sunbeam or Sarah Lee or Wonder? What do I, wheat or white or whole grain? What? what, what It's not talking about actually praying for bread. What's he talking about? Your daily sustenance, your daily needs. God, I want today what only you can give me. What's he saying? Our daily bread. Don't pray about what you need four days from now. Pray about what you need right now. And God will supply it. It's day to day, him blessing you on a daily basis. It's dependence. It's dependence on God. So in your prayer, you're saying, God, I praise you. I'm surrendered to you. I depend upon you. What's another key component here? It's debt. Well, Sean, that's great. I have a lot of it. Now, I'm not talking about your financial debt. I'm talking about forgiveness. Jesus goes, when you pray, you praise the Father. You surrender to him. You're dependent on him. But you also understand you and I have sins in our life, and we got to confess to the only one that can take care of that sin and forgives our debts. And then he says, and lead us away from temptation. What's the key word here? Well, the key word here is goodness. Yeah. God, I praise you. I adore you. I surrender to you. I depend upon you. God, I, I know you're the only one that can forgive me, Father. And I know today you're a good God. So lead us away from the things that draw us astray. God, lead us in the path of righteousness. Lead us in the way of understanding. Lead us in the wisdom we need. Holy Spirit, guide us in a way that only you can guide us. Why? Because we know God is the only one that can give you the way out. Yeah, that's so true. These are the components of prayer. It's the things that you and I have to have. So let me just really quickly here break this down for you. A couple things I want you to know about the, the Lord's Prayer. The first thing I want you to notice about the Lord's Prayer is this. It's simple. It's simple. I love that the Lord's Prayer is simple. Many are like, I don't know, Sean. It's, it's not simple. It's not the Emancipation Proclamation. It's not the Declaration of Independence. It's not that you and I have to uh, memorize these big, long things. It is simple. It's actually short. The Lord's Prayer is only 52 words. Many are like, I, I don't know if I can say that. You, you can memorize 52 words. I mean, actually, when you do like a, a text or something like that, it's, it has to be shorter than that. Like, all right, some of you, you speak a lot every single day, but why don't you just like <laughs> shorten it and 52 words, Lord's Prayer. It's, it's simple, it's short, but the most important thing is it's powerful. Yeah. Yes, so good. It is strong. When you talk to God, you give him praise and surrender and dependence and forgiveness. God is like that right there. That's a powerful prayer. It didn't have to be long to be powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't good. have to be long to be authentic. Right. 
It doesn't have to be long to be real. What's he saying? You want to pray like Jesus? These are the components you have to have. So what are some essentials that you and I need to have to pray like Jesus? Here's the first. You and I have to have a teachable spirit. Yeah, that's good. A teachable spirit. You can't go to God and ask God what he thinks if you don't really want to hear what God thinks. You've got to have a teachable spirit. What does Luke chapter 11 say? Uh, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us. Why? Because we don't know. That's why we're doing this series right now. Man, you, some people think, well, Sean, you've been a pastor for a long time. You just know how. Man, this is one of those subjects that's so hard to talk about because, man, it's taken me a long time to figure out how to really just continually respond to God out of prayer. There's some days we are exhausted and you're like, man, do I really want to pray right now? Actually, I need to go to God in prayer. Lord, teach yeah. us to pray. Yeah. Matthew 6, Jesus says this, this then is how you pray. I want to give you the way to do it. What's he saying? Have a teachable spirit. Mm-hmm. Here's what I truly believe. I believe a, a passion to learn will give you a posture to listen. I think that a passion to learn creates in you and I a, a posture to listen. And some of you are like, well, Sean, I'm, I'm a leader. I, I don't need to learn anything else. Well, funny, because I really believe when you stop learning, you stop leading. Lear- learners are leaders. And you and I, in the one thing that we should really be learning how to do on a continual basis is have a teachable spirit for the Lord to speak in us and give us direction and guidance and wisdom. So what does Jesus say? This is how you should pray. You and I need to have a teachable spirit. We need to have this passion to learn, which creates a posture to listen. You know, Teresa and I right now are watching um, The Last Dance with, with Michael Jordan. And... Um, I'm telling you, uh, many of you are going to go debatable, debatable, Sean, debatable, great, my opinion, greatest basketball player to ever play the game. Like, what about LeBron, bro? Come on. LeBron ain't got nothing on Jordan. Like, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying. Like, many of you are like, I don't know, bro, I don't know. I heard about Shaq. Shaq can't make no free throws, bro. Listen, Jordan's the man. And if you watch The Last Dance, what you see is this. Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, was always getting in to listen to the coach. And now listen, if you're Jordan and your coach is like, hey, Michael, if you could go ahead and dribble down the baseline and do a side, do you think that Jordan would go, you're an idiot. (laughs) You can't even jump, boy. Like, I have to believe that Jordan, in his mind, had those thoughts, but he always thought, I can always learn. There's always someone that can teach me something. So my, my, my passion to learn creates in me a posture to listen. And if you want to have a teachable spirit and you want to learn how to pray, open your heart to God and say, God, show me. Yes. You want to pray like Jesus? Have a, a teachable spirit. What else? you got to understand that God is approachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to learn how to pray like Jesus, you got to have a teachable spirit, but you got to understand that we serve a God that is approachable. Many of you are looking at God like he's a heavenly cop looking to bust you, or he's this like cosmic killjoy looking for you to mess up and throw a lightning bolt and, and, and you know, slam me in the back of the neck. That, that's not the God we serve. The God we serve is an approachable God. Remember what we read in Psalm 116? He bends down his ear to hear you. you. What, what does Matthew 6 say? Jesus starts his prayer by saying this, our father, mm-hmm. not my father, not just your, our father. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God is an approachable God. Don't get so wigged out and think that you've done so much in your past that God could never forgive you or God isn't seeking you or God can't love you or God can't forgive you. He's chasing after you. He's a father that loves you. And we start our prayers by saying, our father. He's a God that loves you. 
You have to understand that. Have a teachable spirit. Understand that we serve a God that is approachable. You know, the thing I think it's important for us to understand if we want to have these essentials of praying like Jesus, you have to have an attitude of surrender. An attitude of surrender. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that, Sean? I have a teachable spirit. Okay, I I know that God's approachable, but I don't know if I can have an attitude of surrender. What does that mean? That means you have to be willing to give up what you want for what God wants. In every aspect of prayer, you and I have to go, God, I'm surrendered my will. I'm surrendering all of my hopes and desires and dreams because what you want for my life is better than what I want for my life. What does he say in Matthew chapter six? Your kingdom come, your will be done. What does that mean? Not mine, but yours. See, here's what I truly believe. You, you gotta give up all that you are so that Jesus can fill you up with all that he is. You gotta give up all that you are so he can fill up in you all that he is. I really, now listen, I was thinking about this as I was working on the sermon. I kept thinking, I'm a generous person. And I wasn't being like, like sarcastic about it. I'm a generous person. And then I started thinking about the things I'm not generous in. If you needed money for me today, I would give you money. I, Alex, Jay, I give you guys, anybody wants money, I give you money, right? I'll give you money. Anybody wanted to go in my refrigerator and take out any gro- Yes, I, you guys are excited. You're like, hand it out. You, got, you want a food, have all the food you want. My son comes over, takes clothes out of my closet. I don't care. But, and I thought to myself, I'm a generous person. I love to serve. And then I thought this, but not my car. <laughs> like, I know this is weird. It's not even like I have like an amazing car, but people sometimes go, can I borrow your car? And, and there's something in me, and it was instilled in me when I was a kid, and my dad would tell me, don't ever let your friends drive your car because they're not on your insurance. And so I, maybe, maybe that's like stuck with, it's been instilled in my brain, it's like etched into my brain and my heart that I could never let someone, but I mean, even, even when, like, I'm telling you, if my, when my kids want to borrow my car, I'm like, oh, dear, dear Jesus, I don't know. Are you sure you don't want money? I'll give you money, I'll give you clothes, but you want my car. And I thought to myself, it is so weird that I get so wigged out about my car. Well, then I'm not a generous person. Because yeah. I need to be generous with all aspects of my life. See, many of you are going, well, I'm a giver to God. Well, but I truly believe there's some portion of you that you're holding on to that you're not letting God get to. And maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a bank account, maybe it's a, it's a job. Maybe there's something in your life that you go, I'm giving to God, but just not that. Yeah. And God goes, if I just can't have that, then I just can't have all of you. Mm-hmm. And a prayer of surrender says, God, you can have all of me. Yeah. Okay, whatever that is in my life, God, that I'm holding on to that I don't really want you to get to, I'm giving it to you because the only way that I'm gonna get filled up with you, Jesus, is to get rid of all me. Yeah. yeah. It's the important part of prayer that you and I have to know that God is approachable, that he is a loving God, that we have to be surrendered to him. I think another thing you and I need to understand is an essential for us to really pray like Jesus is we gotta be confident in our dependence on God. Yeah. Yes. We gotta be confident in our dependence upon God. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6? Give us our uh, daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Where, where did this come from? Where did this idea of, of give us our daily bread come from. That in the Old Testament, the Israelites, right? They left Egypt, they left slavery 400 years and they're wandering through the wilderness and they're hungry, they're thirsty. And the way that God gives them water, it's a crazy story. Moses like strikes a rock and water comes out of a rock, which is cool to see. If I ever saw that, I'd be like, that's the best, right? Was it Fiji? Was I don't know, but it's awesome. (laughs) 
And then they're hungry, right? And, and they're starving. And, and, and God sends this stuff called, called manna from heaven. They wake up in the morning, they walk out of their tent, and there's just like bread, like these flakes of bread all over the ground. They didn't do anything for it. They didn't work for it. They just have to go and pick it up, right? Manna. But the Bible says this, that bread that they got every single morning, they could not keep it overnight. They had to trust God that the next day he would supply that bread for them again. Because the Bible says that if they hung onto that bread for the day, it would get maggots in it and begin to stink. What was God trying to, to do in them? What was God trying to instill in them? That you don't need to hang on to today's bread tomorrow because I'll supply tomorrow's bread tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, so many of you today are so worried about what's to come in six months from now. And God's going, don't worry about six months from now. I got today covered. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite commercials of all time, infomercial of all time, when I was a kid, was the, 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 the Ronco Showtime Rotisserie and Barbecue. The Ronco Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue. <laughs> this was the commercial. You said it and forget it. That's what the guy always said. What do you do? You put this thing in here, turn the button, you set it and and the crowd would respond. You set it and you forget it. You set it and you forget it. You don't think about it until you hear the bell go off. Bing! That was the whole commercial, right? And everyone wanted to set it, it was on t-shirts, set it and forget it, set it and forget it. And many of you, you say in your relationship with God, well, God, I'm gonna set it and forget it. No, you set it and fret about it. You don't set it and forget it, you set it and think about it. And this is what's important for prayer. God, I'm depending upon you. I'm setting it and I'm forgetting it. It's in your hands. So because it's in your hands, it's no longer in mine. And it's better in yours than in mine any day. So I trust you today for what Mm -hmm. you're going to do. Be confident and dependent upon who God is and be confident upon his word. Another key component here is you've got to be willing to forgive. You've got to be willing to forgive. Matthew 6, 12, forgive us our debts as we also forgive. I love that Jesus says this. Forgive us, God, as we forgive others. (laughs) Forgive us. Because I've already done this, God. So because I've already forgiven other people, can you forgive me? Many of you have forgiven other people. You haven't forgiven forgiven yourself. Past mistakes, past Mm -hmm. troubles. There's been stuff you've done and you can't forgive yourself. And and you've got to forgive yourself and other people before God's going to forgive you. You've got to be able to. Forgiveness is tough. Forgiveness is hard, but you have to be willing to do it. It's not a a, a laughing matter where you go, hey, God, please forgive me. (laughs) No, no, it's a heart thing. It's a heart matter. If you continue to hold on to the bitterness of your past or the bitterness of your mistakes, it will eat you alive from the inside. It will corrupt you like a disease. You got to learn how to forgive yourself and other people. Forgive us as we forgive other people. The last thing I think is so important for us to understand as we pray like Jesus is we always thank God for his goodness. In every aspect of prayer you ever have, you always have to thank God for his goodness. I love that Matthew 6, 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What does this mean? God, only you can deliver me. You're so good. I know that you can deliver me from whatever I need to be delivered from. Yeah, God, you're good. God, you are a good God. So I think it's hard for us to understand the goodness of God a lot of times. The reason why it's hard for us to understand the goodness of God is because I think a lot of times we're not optimistic people, we're pessimistic people. (laughs) So it's hard for us to really thank God for his goodness because we can't thank God for his goodness because all we can see is not what God's done for us, but what we think God's done against us. We can't find the good parts of what God has done. Instead of saying, God, we bless you, we instead say, God, we blame you. 
And I want to encourage you today, get around some positive, encouraging people. Because if you're like me, sometimes you can get around negative people and like that fast, you begin to be negative and have negative thoughts. And those negative thoughts have a negative outcome. But instead, thank God for who he is and thank God for what he's done because that will radically change your life. So many of you today are like, I don't know if I can pray like Jesus. I just don't know. You can be dependent, be surrendered, Mm -hmm. be thankful, be grateful, be honest, be authentic. It's not about the words that you say. It's about the heart behind the words that come out of your mouth. And God goes, I'm listening for your voice. I can hear that prayer. I can hear that voice and I accept it. You know, maybe you're here today and maybe you're joining us and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, there's a prayer that we pray that can change everything. September 20th, 1980, I prayed that prayer. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And it wasn't about the words that I said as much as it was my heart going, God, I need you. I'm surrendered to you. And maybe you're joining us today and you've never given your heart to Jesus. And maybe you're going, Sean, I, I want to pray that prayer. I want to give my heart over to Christ. Hey, where are you right now? Just, if that's you, just raise your hand. This is just a sign of going, yeah, God, you're the answer. You're the one. I raise my hand to say, I need you, Jesus. Just wherever you are, just raise your hand. Now, we're all going to pray this prayer out loud together, but if you're joining us right now, this is the prayer that changes it all. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus today I give my heart to you. Come into my heart. Change my life. Forgive my sins. And make me a brand new person. And I'm going to run hard after you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, congratulations, man. Check this out. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are a brand new person. You're a brand new creation. And the beauty of this verse is that you're now saved. So congratulations. The Bible says there's a party in heaven for you. We love you so much. Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. We're so glad you joined us. If you made a decision for Jesus today, man, shoot us a DM. Let us know that you made that decision for Christ today because we're in your corner and we want to help you on this decision that you made. And check out all of our social media platforms. Check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. Go to our website, but let us know who you are because we want to get a chance to connect with you. We're praying for you this week, and we can't wait to see you next time.